Draw pulled back by Francis. Shell Samuelson from back in the net. Demario Lemieux off his stick. Right to Vasky who shoots it back in. Barasso out to play it. He'll leave it behind the net for Alfie. Up the boards toward Ron Francis. Ross Ice, there's Tippett into the Islanders zone. Lemieux jumps up on the play. Pulls the trigger and it just went wide. Gary King gets it to the line. Came right back to King. Ross Ice intended for Molikoff. Alt Samuelson can't feed it to Lemieux cleanly. David Volick spots Ferraro moving up. Ferraro looks to Volick off right wing. He shoots. He scores! Islanders win in overtime. They're off to Montreal for the conference championship. David Volick's second goal of this game. 5-16 of sudden death overtime. A stun. I mean totally stunned crowd here at the Civic Arena. No chance to three-peat. You see the handshake. Ray Ferraro and Ron Francis, a dramatic picture. And then you saw Mario, there's Jager, there's Ray. Former teammate Dave Tippett. What a gutty, gutty performance by the New York Islanders. The 40th playoff series for Al Arbor. His 30th series victory against 10 losses. In overtime, it's the New York Islanders 4, the Pittsburgh Penguins 3, the Islanders are the Patrick Division champions, and go to Montreal. The fastest show in sports! Greetings, true believers. Welcome back in. I'm Ed Berliner, and this is the fastest show in sports. Many of you who have heard me over the years on network radio, network television, whatever, you know that I'm I'm a fan of the game. I, I may be a sportscaster. I may have spent my entire career doing sports talk, doing play-by-play, doing so many games and so many sports, but I'm a fan of the game, the games themselves. I'm on the fans' side because I really see what goes on, and I want the fans to get a great experience. I'm also a fan of my craft. See, I've never considered this a job. This, to me, is a craft. When you are involved in this, either sitting on a desk or doing play-by-play, I listen to great announcers, and I have learned from the great announcers over the years. When I was a kid in New York, and I decided to become an Islanders fan, and all of my, my friends who were Rangers fans wanted to know if I had been dropped on my head as a child because I was now an Islanders fan, I said, no, it's just something. I, I want to be a fan of the Islanders. I stayed there, and our next guest, his voice is the one that I heard call the games, and it's a reason why I love the game of hockey because I still to this day I love the way he calls the game the way he wraps stories around the game so we get to talk a little hockey and even if you're not a hockey fan hang tight because I think I'm going to make you one here in the next few minutes he has called games in 50 seasons 5-0 50 seasons of the National Hockey League he was the voice of the LA Kings back in 1967 where it all started He is the recipient of the Foster Hewitt Memorial Award in the Hockey Hall of Fame. And for 15 years, he called the Islanders games. And that was their championship years. Imagine what it would mean if he called the games now. It would mean we would have to get him lots of medication. Because calling Islanders games in the last 20 or 30 years would pretty much put anybody in a a loony bin. It, It is a pleasure to welcome to the Fastest Show in Sports, Jiggs. McDonald. Jiggs, thank you so much for joining us, and thank you for all those great years. Oh, you're welcome. Thank thank you for the kind introduction. Thank, thank you for that. It, uh, Like you, it's been a labor of love. It, it's, it hasn't been a job, although I, I tell a lot of people, Ed, that I've never really had a real job. I've worked nights and weekends. Uh, I've accepted paychecks, either from networks or hockey teams, but uh, 
basically, like you, I worked for the fan. If they didn't like what I was doing, then I guess I would I would have to move on. It's the, the fans. If they don't like your work, adios, amigo. I have been fortunate to call almost every sport, uh, at least here in North America. I've called baseball, football, basketball, hockey, soccer, motorsports. But when I did hockey, and I did college hockey when I was working in New England for several years, it was a thrill to do, but I got to tell you, Jiggs, it was the toughest sport I've ever called. And I really had to learn the craft of calling a hockey game. It was unlike the yard, because there's no yard lines like there are in football. Mm-hmm. There's no there's no real lines like there are in baseball. And it was so different to call. So what is that craft that that needs that a hockey announcer needs to be really good at what he or she does? Probably sitting on the bench or sitting right beside the bench for four or five games in a row, uh, if you haven't played the game, that is. If you played the game, then you have an understanding. You know when line changes, uh, when a guy is tired, you know that 35, 40-second shift or even shorter than that in today's game, that there, there's going to be a change. Uh Going to work for Jack Kent Cook, as I did in 1967, he wanted to know who was on the ice for both teams at all times. So line changes, uh, and that's not just on the whistle, that's on the fly, as you know, Ed. That, that was the most important thing. The speed of the game is very difficult to keep up with. Um, radio especially, if you're doing a radio uh, broadcast, and this was the, the case, so I think we only did 20 simulcast games back then, so he's listening to radio, he's envisioning the ice, and he wanted to know where the puck was. There, it's in the corner, Mr. McDonald, there are four corners. Which corner is it in? It's behind the net. Which net? Our net, their net, uh, right side, left side. It, there were so many things to be cognizant of at all times. The game moves so fast, you don't get a whole lot of time for stories, but it is. I agree with you. It, it, it's an art. It's, a, it's something that not everybody can pull off in doing hockey. How do you then, and a lot of fans, even really long-term fans, have always asked me this. They said, how can you tell who goes with whom? Because in unlike any other sport, football, you have a set 11 pretty much with one or two players mm-hmm. that come in. Basketball, it's pretty much the set five, one or two, same with baseball. But with hockey, the constant shifting of players and the way that the coach moves the lines around and brings in certain players, there are fans even today who've said to me, well, I hear that there's a certain line on the ice, but then all of a sudden there's another player the coach puts in. That seems to be the one thing that you've really got to learn is that mix and match of players and why that is so important in a game that is like shifting sands more than anything else. The, the master of that was Scotty Bowman. Scotty could change lines, change individuals. Uh, a colleague, after a game, I, I didn't do this particular game, but we were going in to play Buffalo, and uh, in talking about who was playing with who he said oh, it's just it's just a mixed bag whoever scotty wants to put out there he said the last game he said to me after was that enough line changes for you he said yeah 21 scotty said no 22 different changes 22 different combinations i put out there tonight well <laughs> and this is the coach's prerogative then if if he recognizes and he will very quickly that somebody doesn't have it somebody doesn't have the speed tonight uh they're they're vulnerable. The other team is on them. 
they're they're either putting two men on or they're 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 just constantly hounding them. Then he's going to get them out of there. Going to put somebody else on who can skate a little quicker or has a little better uh, ability to get out of the way. That this kind of thing. So yeah, you, you've got to be cognizant of the changes. You've got to stay right on top. You've got to have one eye on the bench, so to speak, and the other on the puck. In the game today, in your opinion, who are the masters as far as the coaches? who recognize things quickly and are able to make those line changes and make them and, and get them correct. You, you know, the guy that's going to come to mind immediately, and we don't see enough of them living here in the East, and, and he comes off as such a droll individual and maybe even appears to be a slow thinker, Daryl Sutter. Daryl makes some, some line changes that you just, I mean, a, a quick change, guys on the ice, and boom, he's off. And it's either just a whistle or a quick, uh, hook, so to speak. Uh, Mike Keenan was a master at it too, but uh, Mike, of course, not being at the National Hockey League level right now. But Daryl comes to mind. San Jose made some some very quick changes. I thought in the playoffs in the Stanley Cup final last year against Pittsburgh. I like what the what's been happening with uh, with Montreal and with the Rangers. There, uh, there's Elaine has got a, a pretty good handle on on who's going and who isn't going. So. Uh, they, they would be some of the teams to watch for the quick change. Haxtell. Haxtell is coming to mind this season in particular with Philadelphia. Uh, and there is such an improved hockey team. It, it's got the attention of a lot of folks, but it's it's his quick moves, his ability to, to get people out and, and make those changes that are so necessary. I watch the game, and I go as a fan, and I root and I cheer, and I have a great time watching it, and I still consider myself a student of the game as I watch it. The one thing that I consistently look at is the fan experience and the marketing of the game and the game becoming bigger and better. I really believe that it is the most entertaining game for a fan to watch. I love them all, but I watch this game and the way it draws you in and the excitement level of being at the game. There are still fans, though, Jigs, who tell me it doesn't really transfer to television. And that's why they can't get into it and why they don't consider it to be a growing sport. Now, because you've been here 50 seasons watching this, is there any truth to that? What is it, when you hear fans say that, that it still doesn't make it and and it that's the reason why it doesn't grow? I've heard it since day one, Ed. Uh, Los Angeles, I always considered it as doing missionary work on behalf of the game. Every service club, every every group I spoke to, uh, we heard the same thing. Well, we just can't get into it. It doesn't relate on TV. High def has done a good job. High def uh, coverage makes it easier. But I still think that the solution, and this is not designed to sell tickets, but if you see four or five games in fairly rapid succession, I'm not saying four games in an entire season. I'm saying if a team is playing at home tonight and again on Thursday night and again on Saturday, go to all three games, and the one the following Tuesday. Or if they've got a homestand of five, six games, see them all. See them in rapid succession. And the old line used to be, now you're ready to coach. But you have a better feel for what happens on the fly. Uh, you begin to understand, not only understand, but now you recognize the offside play, the icing play. We used to have the... Uh, uh, the two-line pass, that that kind of thing, up through the, the neutral zone that uh, slowed things up a little bit. But the game today isn't what it used to be. But if you see four or five in rapid succession, 
you'll have a far better feel for what you're you're watching. You begin to anticipate watching on TV uh, where the other guy should be. If if, if the camera or your your coverage is is tight on a particular player carrying the puck, you know that somebody is coming up the other side or coming up behind. There's going to be a drop pass, that kind of thing. You begin to anticipate, and I think you find the the television experience a lot better. In your opinion, is the National Hockey League doing the correct job, the best thing that they can do to get the game integrated in America, to make it grow and to make it a bigger sport than it is today? I think they've done it... uh, fabulous job over the years. I know there's been a lot of criticism of Gary Bettman and the idea of putting two teams in Florida, three in California, one in Arizona, and of course, palm tree hockey or warm weather game when it's supposedly Canada's game. Uh, The fact that there are three teams in California and only two in the province of Ontario uh, irritates a lot of people north of the border, as we know. But I think the league... Has, has done a very good job over the years. They, they still run into difficulty with newspaper coverage, uh, even television coverage in a lot of markets, even a lot of hockey markets or NHL markets. I've always maintained that the commissioner or Bill Daly needs to sit down with sports departments, sports editors, uh, the people who make the assignments at television stations, and just give them a feel of what we are all about, we being the hockey people that it's, it's not fifth on a five-pro-sport roster that hockey has grown. Look at the numbers. Look at the television numbers. Look what's happened with the outdoor games, uh, this kind of thing. Uh, continue to promote. Europe probably lies ahead, but there's still a lot of ground to be covered in North America. Don't they need to spend, and this is my opinion then coming into this, more time marketing and promoting the younger players who come from places like New England, who come from Michigan. I mean, there's Florida players now who are rising. There are Sunshine Mm -hmm. State players who are rising in the league. They learned as kids on ice where basically there is no ice except what you put in your glass. But it seems as if there's still that thinking process, and I don't know what it is, Jiggs. It's a Canadian game. If you look at the players, there's more American players in the game now from American colleges than we have seen in decades but you can't seem to to find them they they don't seem to break through and for whatever reason fans love their heroes but we're not seeing them promoted enough because they're not out in the communities there just seems to be a real disconnect there in getting the fans to identify with the American players and the American college greats that are out there right now One of the things I would do immediately if I were in charge of National Hockey League television, no player goes on an interview between periods, post-game, whatever, wearing a baseball cap, wearing a backwards or forward shirt. It's got the team logo up top. Let's see the player head to toe. No helmets. Don't go do an interview between periods with a helmet on. Uh, let's, Let's see the faces. Let's talk about them. We had broadcast meetings years ago, Ed, where the whole basis was tell stories, get to know these players, make them individuals, make them household names. While we're meeting as broadcasters doing that in one room, the general managers and the hockey people are over in another room talking about the fast face-off. No more 30 seconds or 45 seconds uh, extra or even 20 seconds after we come out of commercial for replay, that kind of thing. Speed up the game. Make the game fast. Gotta go, gotta go. Drop the puck. Let's go. No time for stories in in today's game. It seems to me 
that the story we're missing, but the place to do it is between periods. Oh, absolutely. And, and we don't see that. I really don't, because there you have local stations, local cable outlets, whatever you want to call them, the satellite outfits, but the local, the regionals, that would be the time. Give me three minutes on the young player. Give me three minutes on another player. Let me see them out from underneath the helmet. Let me see them at home. Let me see what they're doing. And I don't see any of that, because it seems as if the only contact we get with players are is that between periods interview, which, quite frankly, I'm never a fan of because the players say the same things. It's very cliche. There's very quick questions. You only have them for a short time. You're not telling me anything. It's really not revealing anything. Take that away. Spend some time introducing me to the players and market these guys because they, they actually speak, but we, we never know that. I couldn't disagree. Any, there's nowhere to disagree with what you're saying. You're absolutely bang on. If only somebody at the National Hockey League level were listening and paying attention to what you're saying, Ed. I think that it's going to take Jiggs McDonald is going to have to be in charge of the broadcasting, and I'll be in charge of getting the players out there and teaching them how to do interviews. That's the best thing we can do. So I want to make sure that we tell people that you're still broadcasting, but you're kind of picking and choosing your games right now. You're going to be back on the air when? I'm, uh, I'm going to do an Islanders game, the Islanders and the Florida Panthers for Madison Square Garden Network on January 11th. That's uh, that's a bone, I think, that was thrown my way in order to say that I have done games in 50 seasons. And with the Los Angeles Kings, where I started this, uh, this run back in 1967, being their 50th season, uh, they have asked me to do a game when they visit the Panthers in Florida, uh, February 9th, I believe it is, and that'll be on Fox Sports West. Uh, that just uh, is kind of a, a feather in my cap, so to speak, and that I did their first game, and I'll do a game in their 50th season as well. And, and in all likelihood, uh, Mr. Microphone will go to the top of the shelf, or maybe even weld it to a beam after that. Do you miss it? Yes. Yes, I do. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Big time. Um, but reality is... You know, it, it can't last forever. It, it has to end at some point. I've said uh, when, I, when I went back to do fill-in, when Howie Rose uh, was so kind to, to have me come back and do some Islander games, and then it became a, a, an annual event, so to speak, because Howie would uh, take 10 games off, uh, I said to my family, I said to the folks at Madison Square Garden and the New York Islanders, don't let me embarrass the game or myself. If there is ever a time when you see the, the major slip reach in what I do or how I've done it over the years, I'll pull the plug immediately. I just uh, don't want to reach that point where I'm just uh, doing it for the sake of uh, being able to say that I did this or I did that or did whatever number of years. Don't let me reach that point where I, I'm an, an embarrassment. It couldn't happen from somebody who grew up <laughs> listening to you, watching you. That would never happen. I will say that I will send this along to whomever can hear it, to the National Hockey League, Get us more Jigs, McDonald. Uh, Ed, you're too kind. Get you're us more kind. Jigs. Do me a favor, Jigs, because this is a short show. We just sit here and we talked hockey today. Do me a favor. When you have a chance, would you come back and talk about the game now and, and give us your perspective on the game from time to time? Absolutely. Any Anytime, my friend. You, you've got it. Folks, and I know I'm speaking to a lot of people right now who have heard Jigs McDonald call games, and you know what a true craftsman is doing when he calls the games and make sure that those nights when he's going to be back hear him again it is a pleasure i'm going to have to get new shirts new caps my head is swelling my neck good lord ed 
Jake's McDonald Fan Club. We're relaunching it again. We're getting it out there. We're going to make sure to get to get it, the word to Gary Bettman and get him back on the air a lot more often. Jake's, it has been a pleasure to talk to you. It is so wonderful to get a chance to do this. We'll do it again soon. A very, very Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year, and a great holiday to you and your family, my friend. Please. Uh, to you and yours uh, from the bottom of my heart, just enjoy. Make it memorable. That's the best thing to do. Jake's McDonald has made it memorable in every game that he's called. Jake, thanks. Jake's, thanks so much. We'll talk to you again real soon. My pleasure, Ed. That is Jake's McDonald, a legend, one of the best there is at what he does. I'm Ed Berliner. This is the fastest show in sports. And until next time, see you.